I'm Dr. Nathaniel Chin, and you're listening to Dementia Matters, a podcast about Alzheimer's disease. Dementia Matters is a production of the Wisconsin Alzheimer's Disease Research Center. Our goal is to educate listeners on the latest news in Alzheimer's disease research and caregiver strategies. Thanks for joining us. Today's guest on Dementia Matters is Dr. Barbara Fisher, a neuropsychologist at the Milo C. Hempfner VA Healthcare Clinic in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Dr. Fisher studies declining cognition and falls in older adults. She is currently piloting the fall prevention program, Stepping Out, for people with mild dementia and their caregivers. Dr. Fisher, welcome to Dementia Matters. Thanks for having me. Dr. Fisher, I'm curious about your background and how you arrived at your current position, working as a neuropsychologist in a VA hospital and specializing in fall prevention for older adults. Can you share with us a little about your day-to-day job? Sure. So my day-to-day job involves working with patients who have concerns about their thinking and memory. So this could be due to developmental issues such as ADHD or learning disabilities, or it could be due to injuries such as mild traumatic brain injury, or it could be due to diseases such as multiple sclerosis or Parkinson's disease. At the Green Bay VA, the mean age of our veteran population is 64. So dementia is a very, very common concern. While I've been there, I've led the initiative to establish our memory assessment clinic and our dementia committee, which is focused on improving clinical care for our veterans with cognitive decline. Now, you you seem to have a particular interest in dementia and falls. Can you tell me where that came from? Yes. So professionally, my interest has always been in working with patients themselves to improve lives. Historically, the field has focused on caregivers and We didn't really understand that there was a lot that we could do with the patients themselves, but the field is learning that there's much that we can do. So actually, my first project as a doctoral student was helping to develop the Meeting of Minds program at the Alzheimer's and Dementia Alliance. And that's a program which promotes cognitive, physical, and social activity in patients with cognitive impairment. And then I helped pilot the teleneuropsychology program, working with patients um, at a distance. Uh, Personally, I've had a number of family members affected by cognition and falls. So my grandmother fell and had a stroke and had to enter a nursing home and she never left it. Um, My mother-in-law had Lewy body dementia, and that's associated with a lot of falls. And those falls are what led her into a nursing home. So my father-in-law wasn't able to keep getting her up off the floor. So I think many of us have patients or family members or friends that have been affected by falls and for whom falls are a significant part of their lives and have made a difference. You know, it's very interesting to be able to meet with you today and talk with you because as as someone going through my training program, I'm very well now, now I'm very well known to recommend people go to the meeting of the minds and to have people uh, do telemetry-oriented dementia evaluations because of the, the difficulty in for people to come into the clinic. And so it's it's great to, to actually be able to talk with you knowing how important these programs are for people. And for those in our audience that aren't aware of them, you know, Meeting for the Minds and Tele-Dementia Care is available in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, and especially in, in the city of Madison, it's kind of headlining the availability here. But then going back to falls in particular, I think many people are surprised to learn that falls are the leading injury-related cause of emergency room visits. And in fact, according to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, Wisconsin has the nation's highest rate of deadly falls among the elderly. 
Can you tell us why this situation is so serious for older adults? Yeah, I really appreciate you highlighting this concern. Falls are very serious for older adults for several reasons. First of all, while not all falls lead to severe consequences, a significant proportion do among older adults that do lead to serious injuries, such as hip fracture. And these are not only painful and expensive, but they lead to decreased mobility, decreased strength, increased fear of falling, which in itself is a risk factor for future falls and um, for future falls themselves. So anytime you have an injury, you're at greater risk for future falls. And then falls also result in loss of independence. Like my family members, injuries often require a high level of care, which can't be provided in the homes. So it's not uncommon for patients to have to enter a nursing home after an injury and not be able to come home. And then falls can be fatal. As you mentioned, Wisconsin leads the nation in fall-related deaths. We recently in our clinic saw a patient whose brother unfortunately lived alone, fell outside and froze to death. And we had another patient who fell outside and, and died. So a lot of ways that falls can lead to death and we take falls very seriously. Our goal is to prevent all falls. And I think you touch on a really important issue, which is that it's not just the traditional, I fall and get a hip fracture, but there are a lot of quality of life issues that you just mentioned that can be impacted by a fall. The fear of falling and then the placement into a skilled facility and not being able to leave. Yes. One of the patients we had in our stepping out program, he had fallen so many times, been to the hospital, had so many MRIs that he just quit going outside. And it was so liberating for him to be able to get out once he was able to improve his strength and balance. And we know that isolation is not good for us. And so being able to address this early on and, and provide the confidence that I think older people need seems critical. Exactly. We do lose confidence and people are very afraid to take a step. And so improving that strength and balance really frees people up. And it is older people that are at higher risk. So can you tell me what is it about the aging process that makes elderly people more susceptible to falling? Well, there's a number of things that happen as we age, which make us more susceptible to falls and to fall-related injuries. So first of all, as we age, we become more sedentary and less mobile. We sit around and watch TV as opposed to getting out. And then our muscle mass decreases. It's called sarcopenia and that leads to reduced strength and mobility. Our bone density also decreases, and that results in bone fractures if we do fall. And then our brain volume, unfortunately, declines with age, even with normal aging, but especially among people who have cognitive impairment. And unfortunately, this happens most prominently in the frontal lobes, the part of the brain that's associated with multitasking, problem-solving, and judgment. So it's not uncommon for a fall to occur due to poor judgment, like people doing things that they used to be able to do but can no longer do or not very easily, like standing on a chair to change a light bulb or climbing a ladder. So judgment is an important part of falls. Now, are there other factors that people may face that increase their risk of falls as they get older? Yes. In this state, uh, alcohol is a very big contributing factor to falls risk. So many people don't realize that as we age, we're not as able to metabolize alcohol as we used to be able to when we were younger. So just like drinking and driving is dangerous, drinking and walking is dangerous for our older adults. But other factors include obesity, taking multiple medications, especially those with cognitive side effects such as sleeping medications, vision problems, joint problems, diabetic neuropathy, and other medical conditions that affect balance and stability. And I think an important one that you comment on that I frequently will say in clinic is medications. You know, we prescribe these things or recommend over-the-counters with good intentions, but there are side effects, and some of which include the risk of falling. Yes, and sometimes those medications interact with each other that increase the risk of falling. So there's good research out there that shows falls can be prevented. So what is the research community learning about falls and how to lower fall risk? 
Yeah, that's a good point. So some people think that falls are inevitable as we age, but in fact, there are many, many things that can be done to reduce and prevent falls. First of all, research shows that improving strength and balance is the single most effective way to reduce and prevent falls. And that could include exercises at home, individual exercises, strength training, lifting weights. It could be physical therapy, or it could be classes such as Tai Chi or yoga. Um, interestingly, some people think that walking alone is enough, and it's really not enough. So walking is good for you, but it doesn't give you the challenge to balance and strength that you need to be able to recover from a trip or a stumble. So increasing strength and balance, number one. But otherwise, addressing visual concerns such as cataracts, glaucoma, reducing medications, as we talked talked about managing pain and improving home safety. What would you say about footwear? I'm glad you asked. There's lots of ways to improve footwear. Um, so we want to have footwear that doesn't have too high heel, that has a broad base of support, that's comfortable, doesn't pinch the toes. It's not slippery on the bottom. Do people need a lot of ankle support in footwear? Yeah, some people do. And some people have diabetes and there's diabetic footwear that helps support and strengthen the sole and the ankle. It's good for us all to know as we we all wear various shoes. And then, of course, in the summer, people like to wear sandals. Yes, and flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us about the history of the Stepping On program and what it taught in the class? Yeah. Stepping On was based on research conducted in Australia, actually, by Dr. Lindy Clemson and her colleagues and they found a 30% reduction in falls in a randomized controlled trial. It was brought to the U.S. by Dr. Jane Mahoney, a geriatrician here in Madison, through funding by the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. It's now widely available in Wisconsin and throughout the country. And it's a seven-week group class for people who are cognitively intact and addresses the most important falls risk factors. So things like exercises for strength and balance, learning how to move safely, safe footwear, safe clothing. But guest speakers come and talk about vision, community safety, safety, medications. It's a kind of a fun, interactive class. Yeah, I went on the website yesterday, and it's a very easy to use and navigate website. And you have a couple of really nice videos explaining things, too. Yeah, they've done a really great job of getting it out. In Green Bay alone, there's like, it's offered at every single major hospital, and it's offered down here, too. So it's very widely available and very fun. That's wonderful. Now, are people with dementia at higher risk specifically for falls? Yes. Actually, so about one in four, between one in three and one in four people over the age of 65 fall every year. But among people with dementia, the rate about doubles. So about one in two people fall every year. And interestingly, there's a direct relationship between the severity of cognitive impairment and the risk for falls, such that the higher or the greater your cognitive impairment, the higher risk for falls. So what is it about cognitive impairment that increases risk for falls? So that's a really good question. It's a number of different things. But um, one of the things is executive function, like I was talking about before, being able to do several different things at once or to kind of uh, shift attention from one to the other. I was just reading an article about people with Parkinson's disease learning how to dual task. Typically, people put their attention on the, what they perceive as the harder task, which sometimes is mobility, but actually if they start to put their attention on the cognitive task, such as getting out of the car or carrying something, then they're more successful at reducing falls. Oh, so that is potentially trainable. It is trainable. They're doing some pilot studies about that right now, so it's very exciting. Well, and speaking of pilot studies, you're piloting a program called Stepping Out based on stepping on the Stepping On program, but modified to specifically target individuals with mild cognitive impairment. So can you tell us about that work? I can. So Stepping Out uses the same basic seven-week framework as Stepping On and covers the same general content areas. 
but it modifies it in several important ways to address the needs of people with cognitive impairment. First of all, each participant must come with a partner for several reasons. The partner helps the participant understand and recall the information and assists them in practicing the exercises. They go home with a lot of exercises and homework every time. So the goal is to increase strength and mobility. They have to do this at home. Partner helps with that. And the partner also helps integrate the material into daily life. And then there's an emphasis on procedural versus episodic memory. So episodic memory is the memory that we use kind of day-to-day learning facts and figures, birthdays, telephone numbers, and that tends to decline with age and especially with cognitive impairment. But procedural memory is thought to remain stable over the lifespan. This is the kind of memory in riding a bike. We can get it into our bodies and we can do it when we're young and we recall it when we're older. We use some of these procedural memory techniques, so we're very hands-on and feet-on. So we practice every single exercise in every single class so people really get into their bodies. And we practice safe mobility techniques like walking while scanning ahead. A lot of times people walk down and look down at their feet while they're walking, and then they miss the obstacle right in front of them. We practice visually scanning as we walk. We practice taking short steps. We actually practice getting up from a fall. Um, we practice walking on slippery surfaces or simulating working on slip, walking on slippery surfaces so that uh, people get it into their bodies. And the last thing uh, is that we include aspects of self-determination theory, which helps people stay motivated. So three important needs that we try and address, competence, relatedness, and autonomy. These are things that people tend to lose with age and with cognitive decline. So people with cognitive decline are told where to go, what to do, when to do it, how to do it. They become very isolated and alone. And we try to really reverse that in our program. So it's a very interactive group process. People learn from each other. People learn that they're not alone. They share their stories and they feel a lot better. That's We're kind of all in this together. But the one that I'm most interested in is autonomy because people start to feel kind of passive, like there's nothing I can do. And we try and give that back. So we have each participant practice uh, being the leader for the exercises. So they're in charge. They become the masters. And we have each pr- uh, participant share their fall story and go through the process of identifying how they could avoid the fall and what they need to do in the future. So they become the masters of analyzing their falls. We we end with affirmations, so each person gets a sense of what they've accomplished over the course of the class. So we hope to empower each person throughout the class. And empower is the, the word I was thinking about as you were giving that explanation, because oftentimes in a clinic setting, we will make recommendations. We don't get to demonstrate these things for people, whereas in, in the stepping out program, You actually are doing everything you're talking about and people get to lead it and they probably will feel more comfortable than practicing it when they get home. Exactly, because they don't have to just try and remember episodically. It's already in their body. They know how to do it and so it's much easier for them. Which is not to say that every single person does every single thing. Nevertheless, it facilitates the class. I suspect you're getting really positive feedback. We really are. (laughs) People really enjoy it. uh, so in closing, can you offer some basic guidelines people and caregivers can follow to reduce falls? Yeah. Number one, biggest bang for the buck is to increase um, strength and mobility. That is the single most effective way to reduce and prevent falls. And again, that can either be done individually through exercises at home or through a group class like Tai Chi, yoga, stepping on, stepping out. Any way that you can increase your strength and mobility is the most effective thing that you could do. Otherwise, we recommend decreasing 
medications, so especially medications with cognitive side effects. And of course, we want you to talk to your provider. We don't just want you to decrease by yourself. But if it's safe to do so, that's a big way to reduce and prevent falls. And lastly, we want to improve home safety. There's lots of ways that people can improve home safety, getting rid of cords that are stretching across the floor, uh, reducing slippery surfaces, adding handrails, adding lighting. I guess the thought that I'd like to end with is that we want to reduce and prevent all falls, and most falls are preventable. It's good for us to know. So with that, I'd like to thank you for being on Dementia Matters, and we hope to have you back again. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Dementia Matters is brought to you by the Wisconsin Alzheimer's Disease Research Center. The Wisconsin Alzheimer's Disease Research Center combines academic, clinical, and research expertise from the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health and the Geriatric Research Education and Clinical Center of the William S. Middleton Memorial Veterans Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin. It receives funding from private, university, state, and national sources, including a grant from the National Institutes of Health for Alzheimer's Disease Centers. This episode was produced by Rebecca Wazaleski and edited by Abishir Adin. Our musical jingle is Cases to Rest by Blue Dot Sessions. Check out our website at adrc.wisc.edu. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. If you have any questions or comments, email us at dementiamatters at medicine.wisc.edu. Thanks for listening.